Well, somebody was telling me about a friend of his who was a married man. He was a very happily married man, and he had this little habit that he had. Whenever he would kiss his wife, even in public, he would just sort of reach one of his hands around and, you know, get a little extra love in, if you know, and just kind of squeeze her bottom a little bit. It was kind of weird, but, but apparently this was a good thing for both of them. They both liked this, and it was kind of just their deal, uh, and, and everything was good until one day, until one day he went to go kiss his mother. Oops, right? Uh, apparently, habits are hard to break. Habits are hard to break. You ever been to like a big city like New York or one of these big towns and they have obviously these poles like we have at the intersections and they hang the lights from them. But, but not only that, they have these little push buttons that are designed that you, you push and it stops the traffic so the pedestrians can walk, right? You've seen this, right? Well, many years ago, in the city of New York, they, they literally decided that, they, that, that this was an inefficient way to run traffic in the big city, and so they, they literally disconnected all of the push buttons and installed these computerized interval light systems that you know, kind of regulated all the lights. And then they kept telling the people of New York that, that these weren't working. But the funny thing is, every single day, millions and millions and millions and millions of people use these push buttons in New York. And they don't work at all, even though the city disconnected them, get this, over 30 years ago. Over 30 years ago. Habits are hard to break. And habits are these things that we kind of do automatically. They just come naturally to us. They're just part of who we are, right? Um, there is, uh, the, 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 the idea of a habit is, is, is it's something that we do repeatedly without even recognizing that we're, we're, that we're doing it. And we can't always see it inside of us, and yet it's, it's there, right? As a matter of fact, we can often see it in somebody else, but we have trouble seeing it inside of us. Mark Twain once said this, that nothing needs reforming as much as somebody else's habits. Right? It's true. And my guess is, if we were really honest with ourselves, that if we were to look deep inside, that we would say that there are habits that dominate us. There are these habits that form us and mold us and drive us. And if we were really honest, most of us in this room would not only admit that we have these habits, but we would admit that there are some good ones, but there are some bad ones. There are some things in our life that we wish we could change. And we would even admit that we've tried to change them. We've worked on them. We've thought about them, but we've given up. But we've given up. Anybody in the room? You've given up. I can tell you this, I've given up. There are some things in me that I have just almost like given up trying to change altogether. My guess is it's true of you as well. But let me tell you something, friends. The truth is that you and I can do or not do anything if we really want to. It's just true. You and I can do or not do anything if we really, really want to. I, I believe this with all my heart that, that if it is God's will for your life, if it's his general will in following him, if you lean on his strength, if you, if you trust him and you depend on him and you want more of him in your life, then you can do the things that God wants you to do. I really believe this. Anybody? Anybody? You hear me on this? 
So when, when we get to this point of realizing just how much God loves us and how much God wants from us and for us, we will want to change certain things in our life, not to perform for anybody, not to somehow to impress anybody, and most certainly not to earn the favor or the blessings of God, but because simply we want to. There are these things in our life that we know if we were to change, we would be living more in the fullness of God. You hear me? There are some things in your life that you know are keeping you from being the best you, from doing God's will in your life, from becoming all that God wants you to be. And, and the truth is, friends, these habits control us. And we've got to get to this point where we say we want these habits to change because God would want them to change. And we want what God wants for us. We want God's best for, for us and from us. Does anybody want this in the room? Because I don't understand why y'all aren't going crazy right about now. I'm serious, there, there should be something that rises up in us when we meet the love of God. And I don't know that you have, but my guess is a whole bunch of us have. But when you meet the presence of God, the grace of God, something should stir in you that says, I can be different. I can grow. I can change. And I can beat this. Not, by, not because I am so good, not because I am so great, not because I can somehow figure it out, but because God is at work inside of me. And here, here's what I've learned about this whole idea of, of uh, trying to, to change something in, in, in my life is that you don't win by beating yourself up. You don't change something by concentrating on all the things that you've done in the past or all the struggles that you are in right at the middle. You don't move forward, listen to me, by moving backwards. You don't move forward by looking backwards. You have to somehow fix your eyes on something new, on something different. And, and friends, listen, I have learned that concentrating on the good things that I want to do and the man that I want to become far outweighs and far beats me just trying to beat my habits. Does that make sense? Having a vision for something better for your life is what drives you to something better for your life. Look at this. I found this in, in the book of Romans. Um, Paul was writing to the, 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 the Christian people in the city of Rome who were trying to figure out how to beat some of the things that had overcome their lives, that had held on to their lives, that they wanted to change in their life. And, and so Paul writes to them this little, this little phrase that is so powerful and life-changing if we let it. It says this in the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse uh, 21. It says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And you've got to concentrate on what you really want to be and what you really want to become. You can't look backwards on the evil that you've lived in, but you've got to think about the good that God wants to do in your life. Look how it says it in, in, the, uh, in the book of Galatians chapter 5. I love this. It says, so I say, Paul says, I say to you, Christian people, people who want to be different, people who want to overcome something, he says, I say to you, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of of your flesh. So do you see what, what's going on here? The, the way to change anything about you that is less than God's best for you is to get more of God's spirit in you. Amen. Amen. Let, me, let me say that again just because you may have missed that. The way to change anything about you that is less than God's best for you is to get more of God into you. Amen? Concentrating on all those things that have controlled us in the past uh, or that you're doing now will never help you become the person that you want to become. There has to be something different. So here's what we do. We go, oh, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to get skinny. 
And, and so no more of that double dip, fudge, swirl, caramel, drizzled, beautiful brownie enhanced, hand dip, cone from stone cold, cold stone, whatever it's called, right? I mean, you're like so locked into that vision that you're never gonna beat that vision. You can't beat the thing that you, you wanna beat by thinking about the thing that you wanna beat all the time. You gotta think about something better in your life. You gotta think about what you wanna become in your life. There's got to be something different. And this is a very important biblical truth that good has more power than evil. Darkness is swallowed up by light. When light comes into you, the scripture says it drives darkness out of you. It says that good beats back the power of hell in you. And so it seems to me that whatever it is that you wanna change about you, the way to do that is to get more of God into you. Amen. So one of, this, one of the things that we would say is that the, the, one of the ingredients uh, uh, for breaking those bad things that seem to hold on to us is to stop focusing on those very struggles. It's this idea that people say, well, I'm an alcoholic and I've always been an alcoholic and I always will be an alcoholic. No, you won't! No, you won't. You can be free and you can't stay stuck by telling you that you're something that you're stuck in all the time. The way to beat anything in you that is less than God's best for you is to put more of God in you and let him drive out the darkness. It is to run after the good thing, to fix your eyes onto the good things. It'll beat the darkness right out of you. Like, listen, if you, if you want to, like we said, you know, change your health habits, you know, you want something good, you, you can't be, uh, you can't, you can't be uh, going to bed with a cookbook at night, right? And going, oh man, oh man. Yeah, I'm gonna beat this. What? Listen, I hate, I hate to go to the gym. I really do. I, I have to force, you ask my wife, I have to force myself to go to the gym. I hate exercise and I think it's a waste of time. I, I don't have the time for it. I'm like, who has got time for this? You go and purposely beat up your body. How stupid is that, right? And, and, but listen, I cannot go into that place, neither can you, thinking about what it's gonna cost you. There has to be a different vision there if you're gonna keep going. You have to somehow lock onto what can become of you if you keep persisting in the very thing that you're doing, right? Right, and so you go to the gym and all of a sudden like you, you are awakening soreness in muscles that you didn't even know you owned. There are parts of your body that are hurting that you didn't even know existed. But something weird happens when you persist in doing good. The scripture is a very deeply biblical principle. When you persist in doing good, it says something will flip inside of you. And all of a sudden, you're sore, but you're like, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> you're feeling it. And you're feeling like you're finally making progress in life, right? So like you're in debt and you want to get out of debt and you're tired of the slavery of debt and you go, hey honey, we're going to beat this debt thing. And, and listen, if you spend all of your time thinking about all the stuff that you have to give up and all the stuff that you're going to have to do without in order to pay down that debt, you will lose every single time. You have to think about what it means to be free from the slavery of overwhelming debt. And when you start thinking about the freedom that you're going to have one day, that will get you through, Right? Because good pushes out darkness. Good does something inside of us. Life pushes out death every single time. And, and you see, because listen, we are motivated by reward. We really are. 
It's, it's human nature. It's how God has wired us. And so God says some things about getting more of him inside of you in order to change the things that take you away from what you want to become and what he wants you to become. So, for example, he's, he says this. This is amazing. It's found in the book of Philippians. This is how Paul says I do it. Paul says, like, listen, I struggle. Listen, I, I know what it means to feel defeated. I, I know what it means to give in to the same old, same old over and over again. But listen, here's what I am doing about it. He says it like this. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. In other words, I am looking at some reward. I'm looking at some prize. And I'm thinking that is way better than the struggle I am in right now. And that reward, that prize is worth me fighting for. That reward, that prize is worth my effort. And Paul says if we dial into that, things can be different. You see, listen, friends, where your mind goes, your body follows. And where your mind goes, your life goes every single time. And so, friends, we got to put on some different thoughts. we gotta, we got to think about right things. we got to think about good things. we got to think about God-type things in our life. we got to have God-type dreams in our life to pull us up, listen, to pull us up out of the, the stuckness of life, out of the mud that we always get tangled up in. we got to have a bigger picture for who we are and what we can become with our lives. Matter of fact, Paul goes on to say like this in the book of 1 Corinthians. This Paul guy was a smart fella. I mean, he says it like this. He goes, do you not know? Listen, he's like, duh, I want to tell you something. You better dial into this because you won't make it through the race if you don't understand this about the race. He says, do you not know that in a race, all the runners, what? Run, you can run all you want, but only one gets the prize. And then he just lays it down. He says, so you better run like you want to win. You want to run like you're going to win that prize. So stop meandering, stop being lazy, stop you know, thinking about low life type of stuff and uh, low level living type of stuff and you better figure out some way to be called higher in your life and you better fix your mind and your eyes and your soul and your feet and your hands and your, your life on something that is gonna take you upward to the calling that God has for your life. You see, God is calling you toward something and we have this enemy let me tell you something. We have this enemy who wants to come and to fight us at every single turn. But let me tell you something. You can show no mercy to your enemy when that enemy is a habit that takes you away from the things of God. When that enemy is a temptation that's driving you away from the heartbeat of God and from who you want to really become in this life. And let me tell you something. You don't need me to tell you what those things are. You know what they are in your own life, keeping you from all that God wants you to become. You can't show any mercy to those things. He calls us to win, to lock eyes on the, on the prize, to deal with the bad habits relentlessly and without mercy. We are to win over them. Whatever the bad habit is for you, uh, don't forget for one moment that it is stealing from your life. It is stealing from your marriage. It is stealing from your kids. It is stealing from all that God wants for you. Don't you go playing soft on that habit going, oh, it's just a little thing. It's no big thing. Ridiculous. Little things blow up into big things in our life. And it is amazing, and you know it and I know it, how these little habits that start off so innocently, innocently become an all-consuming desire that we have. And it robs us of our time, our money, our efforts, our soul, our health, our peace. It just robs us. Like you, you ask anybody who smokes, 
right? Let's just be honest. You ask anybody who smokes, do you want to smoke? Most people are going to go, no. It started off with one cigarette, which became two, which became a thousand, which became 20,000. And that little habit that you thought was only cost you a dollar has cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars over your lifetime. It's, incra- it's crazy. Little things, you know this, right? Become big things. Did anybody plan to gain five pounds a year? No. <laughs> right? I was 170 pounds when I got married. Right? It just happens if we're not careful. It controls us. It moves us. And so let me just say it again. The way to deal with anything that you want to change in your life is to get more God in your life. Let me ask you seriously. Uh, and this may not pertain to everybody in the room, but let me just ask you. Um, are you happier when, when you have this, I don't know, let's just call it sin in your life, temptation in your life, or are you happier when you're free? Come on. Free, right? Are you happier in your life when you got this weight pulling you down, when you got this thing that you keep running back to and you're fighting it? I mean, you're fighting it. You're trying to fight it. Are you happier with that weight on you? Or when you're running like, like man, I, I've got rid of this thing and I'm, I'm, I'm over this thing and I'm moving forward in my life. Every one of us likes it when we feel like we're moving forward. Am I right? Am I right? So why do we keep going back? Listen, friends, the answer is not to, to keep trying harder. The way to deal with anything that you want to change with change in your life is to get more of God in your life and let the spirit of God start to swell up in you, to grow in you, to come alive in you, and that he pushes out this stuff in your life. At some point it's going to flip and you're just not going to want that stuff anymore. And the desire for God is going to grow and grow and grow if you let it. If you work on that, it's going to grow to the point where you're not even like attracted to this stuff anymore at all. You're going to be going like, I don't even need to fight that anymore because I don't even want it. It's different in my soul now. Right? And friends, for those of you who might be just checking out this whole God thing and you're not even really sure if it's real and you're like, I, I get all that, I understand, but, uh, and you got a million questions about why you're not ready to trust God and all that, but let me ask you something. You're in church for a reason. My guess is, even if you're not like sure about this whole God thing, this whole Jesus thing, this whole Bible thing, even if you're not quite sure about it all, my guess is you're here because something is not quite right in your life. There's a hole somewhere in there. There's a shallowness somewhere in there. There's a brokenness somewhere in there. And let me just tell you like, like I feel. Why don't you just try God? Why don't you just try him? Instead of fighting him, why don't you lean in toward him and move toward him? Because my guess is something's wrong in your life anyways. And you probably have tried to fix it a hundred different ways. Why don't you try just taking a next step toward him? Because listen, let me tell you something, friends. People who figure this thing out, figure out how to do right things over and over and over. People who get free of habits that hold them, they do it by figuring out that there are certain things that they need to do in their life. There are certain things that that push the bad out, that push the junk out. And and wise people figure this out. So many people, we've all met them before, so many people are incredibly smart. They're incredibly incredibly disciplined. Uh, uh, they're incredibly talented. Um, they have so much potential. You ever meet people like that? But they have no self-discipline. 
They can't seem to figure out how to do the right thing in order to move forward. They got so many things going for them, but they just can't seem to nail down the right thing in order to move them forward. They won't discipline themselves to do what they should, but instead they are always seem, listen, they always seem to be moved by outside forces. Am I right? You ever seen this? It's like you look at somebody and you go, wow, you were doing so great. And then all of a sudden this thing happened and your whole life went in a tailspin. Wise people don't do that. People who have somehow figured out how to break these habits that control us and mold us and shape us, these things that drive us away from the heart of God, we, we figure out that we lock into certain right things over and over and over in our life. And it does good things inside of us. It moves us in the right directions. And, and so let me just say it again. You may, not have, you may have missed it a couple times already, but I just want you to understand this. The way to deal with anything you want to change is to get more of God into you. You may want to write that down. You may want to put that on your little refrigerator. The way to change it is to get more of God. It's not for you to fight harder. It's not for you to try harder. It is for you to be consumed with the things of God, to let God drive himself deep inside of you. And let me tell you something, friends. If, if the pursuit of God is worth anything to you, then it should be worth everything to you. If the pursuit of knowing God um, is good to you at all, then it should be the best thing in your life. And it should be worth you fighting for. It should be worth you leaning in and going after with everything that you have. And friends, if you don't do this, you leave a huge gaping hole in your life for the devil to walk in and to bring temptation and difficulties and bad habits that are gonna just suck the spirit life right out of you. Amen? Amen? Because I know that some people in this room are going right now, oh, there's that church talk again, the devil. I don't even believe in the devil. I'm not even sure I believe in your God, let alone your devil. I don't care what you call it. You know that you have an enemy who is sucking away at your soul. The Bible, for those of us who are Christians, it's the devil, it's Satan, it's the enemy of God. But you have an enemy that is trying to defeat all that is good for you. And when you live in this half-hearted world, like, I just want a little bit of God. I'm not sure I want all of God. I just want a little bit of church, but not all of that whole thing. That's weird. Those people get weird, you know. When you live like that, the scripture says that you just open this hole inside of you for the enemy to walk in and to suck your spirit dry. Because you try to fight. You try to fix things on your own. You try to do it in your own strength. But it doesn't work. Because if you could fix you, you would have done it already. Come on. It's true. It's true. And so the, uh, God's word encourages us to be active. God's word encourages us. What is, it, what is some of the language you just run, uh, learned? It, it says to run after, to fix our eyes, to lock into the prize. It, it tells us to be active with our faith, active in pursuing more of God. Uh, because when we do that, it drives out laziness. It drives out procrastination. It drives out apathy and passivity. Uh, remember, uh, because when, we're, when we pursue the right things, listen, when we pursue the right things, it fills us up. Up and it doesn't allow room for the wrong things in our life. It's just that simple. You fill your life with good people, the right kind of people, people who will lift you up, you won't have time for those people who have dragged you down your whole life. When you fill your heart and soul doing the things that God wants you to do, you'll have less and less time to go back to some of the junk that's always pulled you down. Right? Right? 
Come on, am I right? It's just true. It's just true. And, and so the question is, is how do we get more of God into us? How do we grow this thing called faith? How do we move from dark to life? How do we change, really change some of these things by getting more of God into us? And so over the next few weeks, I want to talk about some of the things that I've learned that, that will just help us to grow. These are things that seem to be universal to all people who are taking steps forward in their life. There are certain things that each of us should somehow lock onto, maybe in our own various ways, but there are certain things that will move us forward to getting more of God into us. There are things that help us to grow. And, and, and some of them are basic, that if we do them over and over, over long periods of time, despite how we feel, they will change us. They will move us. As a matter of fact, do you guys uh, remember maybe, gosh, I don't know, several years ago, we talked about this idea of success. We talked about this idea of beating the stuff that always beats us. We, we talked about this idea of moving forward and how do we do this. And, and we came up with this little formula. Maybe you all remember this. Some of you all will. We said that success, and you may want to write this down. You can't write it in a book because one day I'm going to write this in a book. Don't you dare write it in a book, all right? But success equals doing right things over long periods of time despite how you feel. And I don't care what area of life it is. I don't care if it's a health thing, a food thing, a money thing, a relational thing. I don't care if it's a spirit thing. You want to be successful at anything in the world, there's your formula. Right there. You do right things and you do them over and over on repeat. If they become the habit of your soul, the right things become the repetition of your life. The right things, if you do right things over and over long periods of time, despite feeling like you want to quit, despite feeling like this isn't worth it, despite those nagging feelings that says this is never going to change, but you do it over and over, right things over and over long periods of time, despite how you feel, you will win. You will win. In any area of your life. It's just the truth, friends. Uh, and, and this is true in our walk with God. This is true in our soul. This is true in our spirit. That if we do the things that God says for us to do, listen to me, your soul will grow. You will take next steps with God. There will come uh, to be parts of you that come alive that you thought were dead. There will be parts of your soul that will be awakened in ways that you never even dreamed possible. Right things over long periods of time, despite how you feel, it will give you success even in your walk with God. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. We got to want this. We got to want this, right? Like we talked about this last week. It's got to be more than just, I go to church. Isn't that enough? No, it is not enough. Oh, I like God. Isn't that enough? No, it is not enough. Oh, I give a few dollars in the plate. Isn't that enough? No, it is not enough. It is not enough. We got to want more of God in us in order to drive out the things that we want to change. We just do. And so this is a heart issue. This is a want to issue like we talked about last week. Y'all with me on this? This is a want to kind of a thing. Um, a little faith is not good enough. If you've gone from having no interest to a little bit of interest in God, let me tell you something, friends, let me plead with you. Don't stop there. If you've gone from no belief to just a little bit of belief in God, do not get stuck there. And for some of us, you're like going, I've been, I'm a little bit further along than that. I've been in the church a little bit. I kind of served a little and kind of didn't serve. And I kind of give a little, I kind of, I'm kind of in between half the time. Listen, if you've gotten that far, don't get stuck there. Move forward. Want more in your life. Desire more of God in your life. 
And I'm telling you, it will change everything about you that you want to change. It really will. You have to open yourself up to the move of God in your life. You cannot be afraid to take next steps with God. Um, matter of fact, Jesus taught about this in one of his parables. You guys remember what a parable is? We talk about this sometimes in our church. A parable, you know, you know what a parable is? It's more than a story. It is a earthly story with a heavenly meaning, right? It is a story of everyday life, but it carries this eternal weight to it. It carries this punch of, 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 of eternal consequence with it, right? And so Jesus was famous for coming up with these stories that would grip the attention of people and they would go, oh, 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 he's telling a story. It's like when you go to a movie and it just kind of grips your attention, you're kind of waiting for the punchline of the movie, right? Well, Jesus would tell these stories that would become like movies in people's minds. And this is one of the stories that he tells. And it's really about doing the right things. It's really about growing the right things in our life. It's really a formula about what God wants to do inside of us. And so don't miss this. It's found in the book of Luke 13. I just want to walk through this with you real quick. Found in the book of Luke 13, uh, starting in verse 6, it says, Then he told this parable. Jesus tells this parable. What's a parable? It is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning, right? He says, a man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard and he went to look for fruit on it but did not find anything, right? So he's got this farm, he's got this garden, he's got this like orchard thing going on of some kind and he goes there expecting to find some fruit. Like he planted this tree and it's, he's like, hey, I planted this tree a long time ago and like it should be like bearing some fruit. And, and so he goes over to this deal and he's planted this tree and he sees the tree standing there. He, it's not like falling over, it's not like split in half. It's there, but it's not doing anything. It's not producing anything. He says, I've come here expecting it to do something to produce something, right? I expect it to live up to its potential. Pause for a moment. Pause for just a moment. You're here. God's planted you. He's created you. He's formed you. He's put his hand all over you. He's put his spirit all over you. He's gifted you. He's called you. And he looks at us and says, I expect something out of you. A parable is an earthly story that applies to a heavenly meaning in our lives. This isn't about a tree. This is about you and me. How God has planted so much potential inside of us. And God expects us to do something with that potential. To, to let what he created in us grow inside of us. To become more and more and more in this life. Not to get stuck in ruts. Not to get stuck in habits that take us away from him. But to grow this thing inside of us. To live up to all that he wants. He expects us to be following a higher call to bring glory to, to the one and only God. With this one and only life that we have. But Jesus says the farmer comes and doesn't find anything growing and it ticks him off. This is what he says. So he says to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now I've been coming to look for fruit on this stupid fig tree. And I added the stupid part. Uh, but it says on this fig tree and haven't found any. So he says, listen, listen, listen. Cut it down. Why should it take up any more soil? Hmm. This is a warning, isn't it? He's like, for three years, for three years, I've been watching these folks come to church. For three years, I've been watching them battle the same addiction. For three years, I've been watching them fight the same fight over and over and over. For three years, I've seen them struggling and struggling and struggling. 
And the owner of this vineyard is getting tired of it because he expects something more out of his trees. But this isn't about trees. It's about you and me. Now listen to this. There's a twist in this story. <laughs> so good. Sir, the man replied, the caretaker replies, sir, leave it alone just for one more year. And then I'll dig around it and fertilize it and it'll bear fruit next year. And if it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then we'll cut it down. He says, just give it one more year. Just give it one more year. I'm going to work with this thing. I'm going to fertilize this thing. I'm going to water this thing. I'm going to work with this thing. And, and watch this. It's going to grow something. And when it grows something, you're going to be really happy. But if not, you do what you got to do. You cut it down. You probably don't need me to even comment on this story because you know, I think, what Jesus is saying to us. But let me just take a stab at it. And again, I don't pretend to talk for Jesus, but this just seems so obvious to me. Just so obvious. Friends, could it be that this is a picture of God the Father who has allowed us to have life? Uh, could, could this be that he owns the vineyard and he has given us so much and he's filled us with potential and, and has placed this call on our life to reflect him to the world, to bear his image to the world around us, that he expects us to grow and to produce a measure of God-likeness in this world. Could that possibly be this story? Could it? I think so, maybe. And that maybe we shouldn't get stuck in habits that take us away from the things of God or keep us in the, in, the, in the depths of it all. But God looks around at so many of us and he says, you're stuck. You're stuck. I've tried everything I can to move you along. I've come here every year, three years in a row, just checking up on you, nudging you along, kicking you every once in a while, and still nothing. I don't get you people. And could it be, listen, and could it be that, that, that Jesus in this story is like the caregiver. The, Jesus is, is the one sent, listen to this, this is how crazy this story is, that God, the one who has the right to call us into account, actually sends Jesus to, to defend us. It doesn't hardly make any sense. But there's a caregiver. It's, I think it's Jesus in this story who just says, whoa, 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 you have every right to call these people into account. But give me a little time and I'm going to work with them. I'm going to be with them. I'm going to dig around them and I'm going to put this fertilizer there. And I'm going to put this water there and just let's, just let's just work with them a little bit longer. And it's almost like Jesus is painting this picture of how he advocates with us. Respectfully saying, God, you have every right to come down on these people. Every right to call them to higher accounts. Every right to call them uh, their lives into, into full judgment. You have every right to do that. But Father, don't forget that you sent me to stand on their behalf. Whew. To stand on their behalf, to work with them, to call them. And, and, and friends, he says, so sir, just leave it alone for one more year. I know they're stuck. I know they're in the mud. But I think they can get out of it. I think that they can move forward and produce something that when you come, you're going to say, well done. Well done. Do, do you see maybe how God is at work here in this little story? Come on, anybody? 
Do you see that Jesus is promising to convict us, to, to nurture us, to guide us? All these things that we talk about, how when we're in right relationship with him, how he moves us along. Jesus is promising this, that he will work with us, to move us. To, and friends, listen, um, this is like the grace is the fertilizer here. Grace is that thing that he's planting all around us. He's saying, we're not going to look backwards anymore. I know what you've done. I know what you struggle with. We're not going to go back there anymore. We're going to move forward. And friends, I can see this starting to take life inside of you. And I can see this taking life inside of our little church right here. You know, you think about the fertilizer uh, that, that was available in, in this guy's day and age. Uh, it was either dead things or dead stuff that comes out of you. That's what he has to work with. That's what he has to work with. He says, I'm going to work with it. I'm going to work with it. And we're going to produce something great. We're going to produce something utterly different. And friends, um, he doesn't give up on us. He says, grow, and growth is going to come. Just hold on a little longer. He says, wait another year. Let me tell you something, friends. Some of us in this room, you're like, I don't know that he'll ever get better. I don't know if I'm ever going to get out of this. I don't know if my marriage is going to get better. My friendships are going to get better. Um, my, my, some of us have this longing maybe for marriage or longing for a child or, or maybe we've been stuck in this mire of debt for so long or the health struggles of our life or, or maybe it's just been kind of like one failure after another and you're going, I don't even know if I'm ever going to get out. He says, what are you, crazy? Just give it one more year. But work with me. But work with me. And you're going to see some great things happen. Some great things God is merciful, and he is not through with us. But we have to want this. We have to want him. We have to decide to do right things over and over and over and over despite how we feel, despite wanting to, to give up. And let me tell you something. Over the next several weeks, we're going to talk about some of the right things that I just really believe as, as a church that we need to get around there are some things that we have to do in our life on a daily level if we're gonna see God and his spirit move inside of us and grow inside of us. If we're gonna overcome some of the things that hold on to us, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. There are some patterns that we have to develop in our life. We are not gonna spend all of our time looking at all the junk of our life. We are gonna look at some of the good things that God wants to put into our souls, amen? Y'all with me on this? Okay, so here's where we're gonna start. Here's where we're gonna start right now. Does anybody want something new in your life? Come on. Do you want something new in your life? Then we're going to start right now. Here's what I want you to do. I want you, in your seat right now, I want you to think about the one good thing. Not the bad thing that's been holding you, not the bad thing that's had you captured, but I want you to think about the one good thing that you want to be brought into your life this year. So whatever you're thinking about, put it in a good terminology. Like, I want to be ripped. <laughs> you put that in your mind. Whatever that might be. I don't know what it is. Whatever the good thing in your mind is right now. Okay, y'all got something? I don't make resolutions, Pastor Jeremy. I don't care. Pretend. Seriously. You can't do one nice thing for me for once? Come on. I'm serious. I want you to think about one good thing you want brought into your home, to your life, to your family, to your household this year. One good thing right now. You got it? Okay, get your phone out. 
Get your phone. Everybody's got a phone. Get a phone out. Everybody. I'm serious. Get a phone out right here, right now. People on video, get a phone out right now. Let's do this. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to type into whatever you type into on your fancy little phone. And you type in the one good thing right now that you think that God wants you to bring into your life. You type that in there. You type that in there. And while they're typing it in, I'm gonna have the screen people put up that little saying, success equals doing right things over and over despite how you feel. Put that up there for me, guys. And then, after you're done typing in the thing that you wanna have good in your life this year, think about that one thing, and then I want you to type this little phrase underneath of it. Put that up there for me, computer people, please. Success equals doing right things for long periods of time despite how you feel. You're gonna put the good thing you want, and then you're gonna type that in right underneath of it. Type that in right underneath of it. Okay, now you're real fancy. You're real fancy. And I want you to email that to yourself, text that to yourself, message it to yourself, Instagram it to yourself, tweet it to yourself. Seriously, right now, do it. We're gonna flood our minds with things that are gonna take us forward toward God. We're gonna fill our soul with the right things this year. Put that on there. Whatever it is, whatever it is. All right, you got it? Nope, they said no. <laughs> Keep typing, come on. Get your little fingers moving. Here we go. I'm serious, even on video, you gotta do this for me. Come on, All both of our campuses right here. All right, now, look at me just for a second. You can, we'll leave that up there when we're done. We'll leave that up there. Everybody just pause for a second, look at me. Look at me, look at me, everybody, please. We're gonna do this together. We're gonna get better together. Amen? We're gonna grow our soul together. This is a place that we can do this. This is gonna be the one place in your life, really, that is designed to help make you better. This is gonna be the place this year in 2017 that's gonna to try to fill your soul with the things of God each and every time you come into this place. And we're gonna to work together and fill in our souls, and then fill in the souls of people around us with the things of God, amen? Y'all with me on this? It's gonna be a big year for us. So here's how we're gonna end this time. We're gonna, we're gonna get this down. I want you to, be, do not leave this room. I'm not kidding without doing this. I'm not kidding, I'm begging you. I will make you a sermon example if I find out otherwise, all right? Okay, now listen. You're gonna text this to yourself, email it to yourself, Message it to yourself. I don't care if you have to print it out and put it on your little office door, your office computer. I don't know what you're gonna do, but you're gonna figure out a way to remind yourself of the good that you wanna bring into your life, and we are gonna trust God to bring that good into us. Not because of our effort, but because we're gonna ask for more of God to fill us up and to bring these things into our life. Amen? Okay, I'm gonna pray right now, and I want you to pray with me. Both of our campuses, I want you to pray with me. We're gonna ask God to deal with this issue in our life right now. Y'all with me? We're gonna ask God. I'm gonna pray words. You may wanna use these as your guide, but I'm gonna pray words asking God to deal with whatever it is that you're struggling with that you want good to come out of, okay? So our Father in heaven, um, we are grateful uh, for your grace. Um, we, we would say, Lord, that that you do have the right, you do have the right to expect something out of us. 
And God, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. For not becoming what you want me to become. For living, you know, down here. For letting these habits just overtake me and overrun me. It's not what I want. And so God, I wrote this down in my phone right here. I wrote it down. God, would I give this to you. I'm trusting you for this this year. And I'm gonna live toward this this year. Whatever the this is, you say those words to God. Whatever it is, you, you tell him what it is and you say, God, I'm trusting you for this. Help me to become what you want me to become. I'll give you more and more leadership in my life. Help me to hear your voice. Help me to follow after you. I want this in my life, God. Not because I have to. Not because anybody's making me. Not because somehow I'll win your favor. But because I love you and I want this to be in my life. This good thing. So Father in heaven, I pray for my brothers and sisters. God, I pray that in this room right now that they would know your grace that they would know your mercy, your goodness, your fullness. And God, whatever it is that, that we write down, whatever it is that we put before you, I pray that you would pick that up and take it to levels that we never dreamed possible. Do a mighty work inside of us, God. And we all together say, amen. Amen. All right, you guys good? Hey, we got a big year ahead of us. There's so much. I would love, like that little video talked about earlier, I would love for you to pray about some ministry opportunities in your own life around here. Um, you know, we as a church, listen to me, friends, as a church, we reached out to a whole new community. We invested a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of effort. And when we moved our church into two locations, that left a lot of opportunities for the rest of us to step into places because we had to divide and conquer, right? Well, now we need to multiply. And we would love for you to get in the game around here. We would love for you to find a serving team and join us in this effort to build a place where people can come and find God and take their next steps. Amen? All right, now if you wanna pray with somebody or connect with somebody, maybe something big is on your heart, maybe there's a habit that's dragging you into the ditch, I wanna recommend two things for you. Number one, off to my left, to your right, we have people who wanna pray and seek God on your behalf. Not to lecture you or preach at you, but just to lift you up. And number two, if there is something in your life that is just kind of, I don't know, just beating you down and you can't seem to escape, we have this thing called Renew that is designed for you. Let me tell you something. It is an amazing group of people. It is an amazing group of people who love you unconditionally, who want to lift you up, who want to encourage you to become all that God wants you to become. And, and this Renew is, is about recovery. It's about moving forward in your life. And there seems to be such a stigma with people going like, oh, if I go there, I'm admitting I'm screwed up. Let me tell you something. We already know you're screwed up. We already know I'm screwed. Everybody has a measure of screw up in your life. And you might need Renew just for a little bit, or you might need a lot of bit of it. But it is for you, and so don't you dare leave here going, oh, I don't have any help. No, there's help. You gotta want it. Amen? God bless you guys.